Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist, you'll want to invite everyone over. From book club to reality TV watch parties, even the in-laws. It smells amazing. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is infused with two times more essential oil versus regular Airwick Essential Mist for our most authentic, nature-inspired fragrance experience. Airwick Vibrant Essential Mist is perfectly portable and effortlessly easy. The way fragrance should be. Now that's a breath of fresh Airwick. Presence, the natural path that leads to life. In this podcast, Eckhart talks with a live audience about freeing oneself from the mind to find presence. He says we must become aware of the harmful thoughts that hold us hostage. Life's crises need not drag us into unconsciousness. We can stay alert and let them take us to a deeper state of awareness. Eckhart says, while the path to presence is narrow, it ultimately leads to life. To get out of your mind, remember, I wrote about it in various places, body awareness is extremely helpful. Once you realize your mind is not stopping and it wants to drag you along, one thought after another, oh my God, and at some point you realize it's futile. That requires a little bit of awareness, but you all have more than that, more, more than a little bit of awareness. You need at some point to realize that certain types of thinking, which is a large percentage of thinking, is not only futile, but harmful. Futile, harmful, it creates suffering, such as worry, anxiety, many grievances from the past, resentment, all those types of thinking, which a lot of human thinking is like that, complaining kinds of thoughts, complaining about people and situations and this and that and about my life and your... All that kind of thinking is, once there's a little bit of awareness, you realize my thoughts right now are futile, they have no purpose, they're actually causing me suffering, and I don't want them, I don't need them. Okay, but they don't want to go. The thought's going, come this way, come this way, and then you're back in again. And then you know they are futile, but you're, you're still being dragged along. Every thought that's, come in, follow me, your attention, I want your attention. And, and then you say, enough. Now, you cannot, you cannot use willpower to get rid of thought. Well, you could, but it doesn't really help for too long because it comes back with a vengeance. If you suppress thought with willpower, which you could do, especially if you stop breathing, <laughs> some Zen, especially Western Zen, but some Japanese too, Western Zen practitioners misunderstand Zen, and so when they meditate, they go, I'm not thinking. 
And of course, then after three hours of meditation, they go into the kitchen, and then at the slightest thing, they burst out. <laughs> the lid is off the boiling kettle. So that's not it. But just take your attention away from the mind, and a good place to take it is into the body. Just, okay, that this, this kind of thinking is futile, I need it. Therefore, I'm going to feel the inside of my hands. Are the hands still alive or are they dead now? You can ask yourself. Are my hands dead or alive? How can you answer that question without moving your hands or looking at them? Very simple. Your attention has to move from the head. Conscious, the focus of your consciousness has to move from the head into your hands. And then you know, yeah, of course, you can feel that they are alive. It's hard to describe the feeling, but they are alive. And the more your attention is in your hands, the more you can sense that there is a life, an aliveness in every cell in your hands. Wow. And already you've taken some attention away from thinking. You can't think that much anymore and, and be aware of your hands, the life inside your hands. Then why not be aware of the life inside your feet at the same time? That takes even more attention away from thinking. And then you hold attention in both hands and in both feet. Not that difficult, so you feel them simultaneously. So once you get hold of the sense of hands and feet, you can also sense your legs, not as strongly, but you can sense the entire body is alive too. There's an aliveness that pervades the body. To feel that, you need to take attention away from thinking, and that's why we do it. You need attention, and inevitably you cannot feel your body if you're stuck in your mind. So it takes attention away, and then you have this beautiful feeling especially wonderful at night when you can't sleep, why not use this wonderful opportunity of insomnia and feel the aliveness in your body? Not a thought in your head anymore, because you can't. You cannot feel the aliveness in your body and be thinking about your problems at the same time. And you can actually enjoy being awake at night where a minute ago you were worried and now you enjoy not being able to sleep. I hope I can stay awake longer because it's so lovely <laughs> to feel the, 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 every cell of the body is alive. And presence, to be present, is not a head phenomenon. When we talk the consciousness, the con who am I? In order to sense who you are as presence, you, can't, you don't just sense it with your head, you sense it with the entirety of your being, including your seemingly so-called physical body, but what you sense goes beyond physical when you go into the body and the aliveness of it. So to be really present, your entire being is present, not a head phenomenon. And as you sit here, and I'm talking about it, and every word is a pointer to it, as you sit here, feel yourself as the presence. Every cell is present. That's ultimately what presence is, and it goes beyond the body. It's not really the body anymore. You go into the body, and there you have consciousness. And so, 
That's a beautiful place to quickly get out of thinking that you don't need and that you don't want. Just a conscious choice, directing attention into the body and holding it there. And then the more you hold it, the more the easier it gets and the more you like it. You love going there. And you don't have to, do, not just at night, whenever you are you're sitting somewhere, feel the entirety of even can even do it while you're driving. It doesn't mean you don't pay attention to the road. You're still, you're fully present. It's less likely that you'll have an accident when you're present, much less likely. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. The weird thing is, I'm a. most people say I'm a bad driver because I drive in strange ways, but I haven't had an accident in f 40 years. Um, nobody can guarantee that tomorrow I may not have one. That's another matter. But it's uh, presence helps. So don't underestimate the efficacy of whatever of being in the body. How powerful that is as an anchor for presence, and can do it anywhere. You can do it when you're on the phone talking to somebody so that you don't get lost in the in mind stuff and get drawn into no be be rooted in being so that you don't go into so there's a there's a there's a presence behind the speaking and, and you can do it easily by holding the inner body awareness as i call it inner body awareness you can do it in with other things that tend to take your attention to draw your attention out. Now, when you watch television with many kinds of programs, what it actually does is it, you stop thinking, but not in a good way. When you watch television, you link into the, the thoughts of whatever is being talked about or on the TV. You link into that, it takes over your mind. So you get rid of your own thinking, but you adopt somebody else's thinking. So your mind is still active, although it frees you, that's why people can get addicted to it. It frees you from yourself temporarily, but it does not take you, elevate you above thinking. It really takes you into thinking. 
and sometimes even below thinking. But, but I'm not saying never watch television, but be in the body while you watch it, especially the news, because otherwise you, get, you think this is awful. Oh my God, what's happening? It's crazy, that's all you need to know. It's an expression of, the, of human unconsciousness. So again, you have to be very careful with the many devices that people use these days, everybody uses these days, smartphones, which continuously demand your attention. It's amazing. And this is a new challenge because it's an extension of the mind. It's an extension of the human mind. And so it can actually amplify what otherwise would just be mind stuff. It can clutter your mind even more. Continuously incoming, seemingly important text messages making all kinds of noises and saying, I'm important, look at me. And if you really see, it's, it's not important, but it seems to be. And it seems that you are in demand. People want your attention. Doesn't, it feels good. And another and email and Facebook and all these people are posting these new things. And there was a time when people were waiting for something. They would just sit there because there was nothing else to do. And they would become bored if they were in their mind, or if, an opportunity for becoming still. In, in some cases, they, they had suddenly a creative idea because they became still for a moment. And out of the stillness, which is intelligence itself, consciousness itself, suddenly they had a creative insight. But nowadays, they'd sit there, and the first thing, they get the phone out of their pocket. They're never bored anymore. And of course, their mind is more and more cluttered with stuff. I don't do like I don't go like that because that's a younger generation. They go like that. I go like that. And even then, lots of things I get wrong. But uh, you have to use these things with care so that they don't take over your life, which is another. Another way of the mind really taking you over because they are an extension of the mind, of the thinking mind. So you have an, an added challenge, and it's probably a good thing because it seems to be an obstacle to your arising awareness to have these devices around you, but it's a challenge. Potentially, that's a good thing, and of course, it could drag you down too. Don't continuously engage with them. Allow yourself to have spaces, not just inside, also externally. Allow yourself to occasionally sit for a few minutes, wherever you may be. Let's say there's a traffic jam. Why not just sit and be and sense the presence that you are and be alert and still. And you might suddenly get some creative thoughts instead of repetitive old thoughts, you suddenly there's some creative insight, a new idea that can only arise out of a moment of spaciousness, inner spaciousness. You have to access that for anything creative to arise in your life. You have to access the transcendent dimension within you. Einstein had his insights, came his great insights into the theory of relativity. They were, he did a lot of thinking, but the great insights came to him as revelations. 
And they only came to him as revelations because he was naturally a very slow and quiet and still person. When he was a child, they had, when he was three, four, five years old, the parents were concerned because he was so slow. And this is not, not valued in our civilization, this, the slow students. What valued is the, the quick, what's the answer? Do you have the answer? Yeah, I know, yes, yes, that's what it is. But, but he, you ask him a question and he goes, oh. and maybe 10 minutes later, an answer came. And our civilization, unfortunately, does not encourage that. And people who are naturally like that tend not to do so well, especially in childhood. They may do well later, but not in the school system. So into the body, it's so important, inner body awareness. Another very simple device that is connected with inner body awareness, breathe, becoming aware that you're breathing. It's very simple. Am I breathing or not? You probably are, but you didn't know it. <laughs> and all you do is, you don't need to change your breathing, not make some conscious effort. That's another way of doing it, but it's an easier way is simply ask yourself, am I breathing or not? Now, in order to find out if you're breathing, your attention needs to go from your mind and from thinking into here, because this is where breathing starts. It starts, the air flows into to your nostrils, and there you can feel it. And you can also feel it flowing into the body. And then you know, oh yes, I'm still breathing. And so you, with your attention, you follow the breath into the body, and you follow the breath out of the body. It may be that your breathing naturally slows down by itself when you give it attention like that. That's okay. But the remarkable thing is, when you know that you're breathing, you're not thinking. You have to check this for yourself. You cannot be aware that you're breathing and think at the same time. If you're fully aware of your breath, you're not thinking. Isn't that amazing? So I sometimes say, just one conscious breath creates a little bit of space inside you, a little bit of spaciousness, takes you out of the mind. One conscious breath, which is in and out, that's one breath, one conscious breath. And two is even better, and three, three conscious breaths. You can do it in any situation, anywhere, on your computer. Again, the computer takes your attention into, it clutters your mind, takes your attention out, it's, oh, one conscious breath, and maybe look away from the screen, look at the sky through the window, or a plant. And a conscious breath connects you with the inner body, with the, with the aliveness in the body. You can put them to, you can do the both practices as one, the inner body awareness and conscious breath. Takes your attention away, creates spaciousness inside. And the other is another, great thing you want to practice is, and this is so important, awareness of sense perceptions without labeling. You can do it anywhere in the middle of the city, 
in the country, on the beach, at home, in the office, in a restaurant, in a cafe. Let's take cafe as an example. You sit, you're having a cup of tea or coffee and you sit in a cafe and use it, instead of going to your phone, use it as a spiritual practice. It's a cafe practice, but you don't have to drink coffee with it. You can drink anything. It's a public place and you sit there for 10 minutes, let's say, looking around at all what's happening around you, all the people and what they are doing and sitting. Most of them will be on their phones, that's okay, but you are not. And you look and there's the room and you might see what's happening in the street also. And as you sit there, you get in touch with the, your presence, the sense of presence and being. Maybe feel the inner body and feel your, your own presence, the presence of consciousness, you as consciousness. And then you look around and you listen, there are sounds, and you look. And your practice is not to label your sense perceptions mentally. In other words, you're just looking, and as you look, feel the presence of yourself, and then look around in thoughtless awareness. It's a wonderful practice. And you will love what you see, because every human is an expression of the, lo of the one life in their own way. Every human is quite lovely and lovable, but you don't have to say that in your mind. It's, it's a realization of the aliveness of every human. But you cannot sense the aliveness of every other human if you cannot sense your own aliveness. So your own presence or aliveness is the basis for sensing the aliveness of other humans, and by doing that, you love them in a way. Not, not the clinging love that says, oh, I want you. You're quite happy with them do, doing what they do. They, you don't need to wanting to interact necessarily. You just be there. You just love them. They're all manifestations of the one, the one life. And they're all so different, isn't that amazing? Not a single human is the same. Out of the billions, they're all different. It's, that's wonderful. And yet, the essence in each one is the one essence that is one with your essence. And you can sense that if you don't label them. That's a lovely practice to enjoy the aliveness of things in a limited space. If you sit, I mean, you're in a relatively passive situation when you sit in a cafe. Relatively, there's a coffee, you might be tea, whatever you are drinking, but you're not doing much. So it's relatively easy to be there as the presence. And you don't have to do it in a way that people necessarily notice, or well, they probably won't notice anyway because they're on their phones, they don't see anything. <laughs> But if they ha happen to be looking up from their phones, it might look a bit weird that you are not on your phone. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. One, two... Three, four. 
Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. So that's one place. Another place, of course, is in nature, and that's a wonderful way to practice also. Choose a spot. You stand or sit somewhere, and lying is not immediately advisable if you lie down, because that can easily take you below thought. You want to remain above thought. So you stand or sit, and then nature. It, that might even be easier than in a cafe, because in a cafe, there's lots of things still happening that stimulate thought because people are talking or this the general energy field is mind. If you go into nature, you're in no mind. And, and then you, the same way you perceive in that alert awareness the miraculous life forms around you that have no name, if you don't give them names, have no name. And if you, if you don't obscure things with names, you can sense their inherent aliveness. They speak to you. So there's another dimension that reveals itself to you that is everywhere in nature that you don't know when you're stuck in your mind and label things. And that's a beautiful way of practicing presence. Don't destroy nature by getting, I mean, dreadfully, you're sitting under a tree in this miraculously, it's the same place where the Buddha found enlightenment, sitting under a tree, and you get out your phone. <laughs> it's it's a, such a wonderful opportunity under this, trees are wonderful beings, and you sit under the tree, and there's the vastness of the sky and nature, and just, be there in that moment, as not as a person, but as a conscious presence. Wow. And don't overdo it, just, even if you just do it for 10 minutes, just be there. Watch. So the practice is sense perception without mentally labeling them. It requires an alertness. It's a choice. You make that choice. And that's a shift in consciousness. And every time you do that, you are not there as a person. The person is kind of temporarily disappeared. You are there as a conscious presence, as the deeper presence of life itself. And that's beautiful. Same thing, practice nature, practice in a public place. You can practice at every traffic light if you're driving. Every time the light is red, practice presence. Red light, presence. And look at the beauty of that red light. Ultimately, everything is natural because that's energy too. It's a manifestation of energy, the red traffic light. It has an aliveness too, it sounds weird, but it does. And so there's the light and it's telling you to be present. People have worked out I don't know who did it. If somebody reaches the age of 70 and they, they drive, start driving at the age of 20, somebody worked out how many, unfortunately I've, I don't retain a lot of information in my mind, so you would have spent a year or so or more of your life sitting at traffic lights. 
And for most people, that is something they don't like. But it's a, why not choose that? Be present. I also, another thing I mentioned, little activities, washing your hands, be there completely, takes you out of your mind, sensory perception, ah, water, beautiful, maybe scent of soap, and you give it complete attention, which means you're not thinking, you're just experiencing. Elevator, lift, elevator, you're waiting for it, you can either get out your phone or you can just be choosing presence. And the more you choose it, the easier it gets and the deeper you go into presence. And then you realize after a while, you didn't really choose. Presence chose you. Presence wanted to come through you because sometimes people ask me, well, who is choosing presence? Well, it's just one way of looking at it. Presence, when you get out of the way as a person, presence is there. So use all those things to transform your life. Use the opportunities of obstacles when they arise, seeming obstacles, accept each moment as if you had chosen it, that's vital. So I've given you these portals out of the mind and into presence. And of course, a, a primordial portal into presence is the present moment. So that is always there. Coming into the present moment is an aspect of every practice that I have given. It always involves coming into the, whether you go into the body, whether you're aware of your breathing, whether you practice sensory perception without labeling. It always involves being more conscious and more fully in the present moment. So therefore, an associated practice is to simply become aware of the present moment. And that's an amazing thing too, because and it's so vital because there is nothing else. <laughs> so if you never fully acknowledge the isness of this moment, you miss the whole thing, which is called your life. You, you miss the whole thing if you, if you are not aware of the present moment. But how to be aware of the present moment is encapsulates all that we have spoken about. First level of being aware of the present moment is to be aware of your sense perceptions. That brings you the first step into the present moment. Then perhaps you're aware of your breathing and your inner body and, then, and sense perception at the same time. So first you become aware of where you are, what's around you, or what you're doing. And then you go deeper into the present moment and the essence of the present moment is you. So if you could, the essence of what we call the present moment is consciousness. And consciousness is the space in which everything happens. Consciousness is the one thing that never changes is the present moment. It's always now, it's always now. And what is the present moment in essence? In essence, the present moment is not what happens in the present moment. 
the deeper essence is the present moment is the space for whatever happens. And there's the space, like the canvas, however you want to call it. So you are aware of yourself ultimately as the present moment. And this, this realization that ultimately you are the present moment. Those words had not come to me when I was writing The Power of Now, so it never got into the book. Because the words came to me after I'd already written the book. Said, oh, I should have put that in. Oh, no, why didn't I put that in? Oh, dear, you're no good. You can't. I didn't do that. <laughs> so you, can, you sense the essence of what present moment really means as consciousness. The one thing that is beyond any doubt that you are right now conscious. And that's not the right way of putting it. If I say you are conscious, you are consciousness is better. You are consciousness. Everything else could be a dream or an illusion, including this room and me talking. Am I dreaming this? He's talking, he's saying I may be dreaming this. Okay. Uh, Maybe you are. Maybe all of sensory perceived so-called reality is a kind of dream. It's a way of looking at it. Certainly everything dissolves quickly. And then, where was it? Where is it gone? It's gone. And the dream dissolves too. But what remains beyond any doubt, even if it is all a dream, there needs to be a consciousness for the dream to be perceived. And you are that. So that's beyond doubt. Descartes, the philosopher, hadn't gone far enough when he said, I think, therefore I am. He tried to figure out something that was beyond doubt in his life or in human life. What is it that is, we can be absolutely certain about? And very little. And he thought and thought, and after a few years of thinking, he came up with the idea, I'm thinking, therefore I exist. If he had waited a little bit longer, he might have experienced the cessation of thinking. And then he would have, the statement would have been deeper. Then the statement would have been, I am conscious, therefore I am. And that is the deeper I am that is very different from the I that people refer to in ordinary usage, language. When they say I, they refer to the personality that exists in space and time and has a history, me and my story, me and my history is the I, I, I. The most important word for many people one of the most frequently used words in the English language is the word I, so it must be very important to everybody. And usually it refers to the person and the story. But the deeper meaning of I is the presence of I. I as the presence, the underlying presence. I am the realization of your essence identity, as I call it, essence identity, form identity, essence identity.
Form identity, if you only know your form identity and know yourself as form identity, it's a very unsatisfying place. But if you know yourself as essence identity, then form identity is actually not that bad. Yes, there are challenges and so on. They, from time to time, they periodically arise. But you can actually enjoy all the things that you experience as a person if you no longer have expectations about those experiences that these experiences cannot meet. And those expectations are fulfill me, make me happy, tell me who I am, no matter what you experience or where you go or who you meet, that won't work. And then if you only know form identity, life is so frustrating. Always you get frustrated by people and situations and it's just one damn thing after another. But if you have, if you're connected with your essence identity, from there you can enjoy relationships because, you, for example, you no longer demand, make me happy, don't be unconscious. You should be perfect, not going to happen. Even if you live with a Buddha, after a while you will find things that you find irritating. Why does he chew his food so slowly? <laughs> Why does he never get upset? <laughs> Why doesn't he make interesting conversation? And again, in any life situation, a new job, a new this, new place to live, sooner or later, you find things that are not that great. But if you're in, in essence identity, the form identity can be enjoyed for what it is. Quite enjoyable, quite nice. It'll come to an end soon, I know everything does, that's okay. Or it'll break, or whatever. Or it, it may not be interesting anymore and what has my interest to that today may be boring next week. That's okay, that's bound to happen. But in the meantime, you just enjoy a good meal, fine. You enjoy all the life of form without demanding something that it just doesn't have. It, it can, can, cannot give you your identity. It cannot tell you who you are. And you learn to let go easily because you no longer need to cling to these things because somehow your sense of self is connected to them. And so you can buy a lovely car and you might say, I'm not attached. I'm just enjoying it for the time being. Or a bicycle. The strange thing is, uh, for years I had a bicycle that was my main form of transport in England, and I enjoyed it as much. Now I have a, a luxury car. Well, it's 10 years old, but it's still luxury. And I, I enjoy both equally. Just, I loved that bicycle. And one day I lent it to somebody, and it got stolen. I had to let go. And that was a test. Loving something and appreciating something doesn't mean you need to be attached to it because it has it adds something to you think who you are. It got stolen, and I knew that was a test when this lady, I was counseling her uh, for spiritual counseling, and she said, oh, I desperately need a bicycle. I said, well, you can have mine for a few days. And a few days later, she came and said, oh, no. I didn't lock it, I bought a, bought a 
cup of coffee and I didn't lock it and it was gone. And I, and I knew that moment was my test and my realization, am I attached or not? Am I feeling suffering or not? And there was a moment of sadness, but no suffering, and then it was gone, and that was fine. So whether the 10-year-old car, I don't know, when it gets stolen or scratched by somebody, that always tells you, when you think you're not attached, you may be fooling yourself. So the enjoyment of things also, why not enjoy things if they come into your life? You enjoy beautiful things. Are you, are you, are you attached? Is there self-identification or not? And you may never know it until there's loss or it gets damaged in some way. And if you are attached, and that's a beautiful lesson too. Wow, I didn't realize I was so attached. I've been saying for years I wasn't attached and then I wept when I lost it. <laughs> so handle things, enjoy the things of this life. People, again, without having undue expectations of how people should behave. Most of them have their areas of unconsciousness and they will manifest them sooner or later at work. The quickest way is to hearing unconsciousness in people is living with them. Then you very quickly see, oh, that's okay. That's a, how, it's a human being. If you demand that everybody should be the Buddha, it's not going to happen. So enjoy life, the life of form, without self-identification with form, and be rooted in essence. That is the ultimate life lesson. So then you move, there's a dance I call it, between form and formlessness. You have one foot in the transcendent, so to speak, and the other in this dimension. And so you don't disappear in the transcendent, yet, and you don't lose yourself in the form, this dimension which includes your mind. Also the enjoyment of, of new experiences, learning new things, using your mind, that's all fine. You can enjoy all that without feeling that you, you absolutely need that, but you enjoy it when it comes. So it's a, a dance. Life is the balance, finding the balance between form and formlessness. Another way of putting it, finding the balance between doing and being. That's the, the art of living. And now being doesn't necessarily mean sitting still. You say, when I say find the balance between doing and being, I don't mean part of your life you sit still and the rest of your life you go about your business. The balance between doing and being is they flow into each other. So even while you're engaged in activities, you're not completely lost in the activity. If you're completely lost in the activity, you're stressed and you're mentally projecting yourself to where you want to be already, but you're not there yet. So to enjoy an activity is fine, but if you lose yourself in it, then you lose the being dimension, and then life becomes stressful. 
Thinking is an activity too. Thinking is part of doing. And again, most humans, all those who are not awakening yet, are lost in thinking. And thinking is a form of doing. It's the activity of thought. So they're completely lost in thought. The, our civilization as a whole, most of it, is extremely unbalanced because millions of people are lost in thought, in their minds, and are lost in largely useless activities. A lot of it is just not very useful, but that's fine. That they are, they are basically lost in doing, primarily lost in thinking. That's no balance. This is why there's so much, you, you don't see how much people suffer psychologically in our so-called first world, how many millions can only survive with pills? Well, or they think they can only survive with, have to take this and this in order to not feel too, too unhappy. So that's it is of vital importance now, and this is part of the awakening of consciousness. We now come to this balance. I emphasize being because being needs to come in more because Everybody's overthinking already. Everybody's overdoing and overthinking already. That's why I don't talk too much about how to achieve this or that. That has its place, but I leave that to, what's the guy who goes, you can do it. <laughs> Robbins, Robin. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that has its place too. That can be very, stimulating for people. Yeah, yeah, you can do it, let's do it. Go for it, go for it, yeah. Okay, that has its place. But I don't emphasize it because there's so much of that, the, what the world needs is to come into balance, so my focus is on being. I'm not saying don't do, doing is great. But finding the balance between, between doing and being, that is the challenge. So that you can think without losing yourself in thought and without identifying with thought. Then, by the way, thinking becomes much more interesting. Thinking becomes much more creative. And thinking is a wonderful tool for creating and manifesting. But not when it takes you over completely, then it's crazy. It becomes insane. And to a large extent, the world is in that le level of insanity, where they're taken over by the egoic mind. Look at politics. So this is the essence of who you are, just pure, beautiful presence. Allow this dimension to come into this world through you as the, the form. In a way, the person was a seed, and it's time for the seed to give way so that the new consciousness can arise. Don't wait for things to collapse in your life before you become present. Don't let the world tell you whether your life is a success or a failure, because to a large extent, 
the world is insane. So how would you want the world let let tell you whether you are good enough or success? But I can tell you what success is. Success is to become a vehicle, so to speak, for this new consciousness, for presence, so, so that you become aligned with the evolutionary impulse of the universe, because the universe wants to become more conscious. It is in the process of becoming conscious. And that's what the universe wants. So to be aligned with that is wonderful. If you are not aligned with it, that you suffer much more. And that's fine too. Eventually suffering will awaken you too. And that means even those who are not aligned to the purpose of spiritual awakening, in some strange way, are part of spiritual awakening. Even those who seem to prevent or trying to prevent spiritual awakening are a necessary part of spiritual awakening because that's, the obstacles are so important and without them the evolution wouldn't happen. When there's a crisis in your life, because it will probably come sooner or later to everybody, some kind of crisis, be very alert so that the crisis does not pull you back into unconsciousness. Use the crisis like a dimmer switch to turn up the light of presence. So when the situation becomes difficult or critical, you go, oh, if you go to a doctor's office and he or she says, well, you may have 12 more months to live, could happen. And of course, he or she may not be right at all, but that's another matter. You can go into dreadful suffering and say, I need more time. I wanted more time. Please, just time more time. I haven't fulfilled my life. It hasn't. I need, and that's terrible suffering. And you're thinking, of course, overthinking. Your mind goes wild. Or you can go, there's only this moment. And I'm not leaving it. Because the moment I leave this moment in your mind, I suffer. So when you're confronted with a crisis, that is often the case, you will notice when you're your attention is in the moment, you don't suffer. You move away from the moment, you suffer. And this can, you can use the crisis, any crisis in your life, let's say a breakdown of a relationship, marriage, and start thinking about it, so on. Allow it to force you into the present moment. This is not denying, and if in the present moment you experience emotional pain, you accept that. This is what is. But it's, it's more likely that less pain will not arise even when you're acutely present. I call that the, the sword of presence, like a Japanese sword. It cuts through time, past, future, just now. And so this is the narrow path that leads to life. I believe Jesus was talking about the present moment. The narrow path that leads to life is just walking on the narrow path of now. And then, of course, you are the master 
The moment you walk on the path of now, you are the Zen master. If you want to use Zen or any, you are the master. Master is a masculine and feminine term, I suppose. You are the master by being a master of, is a master of presence, that's all. The spiritual master doesn't necessarily know more than you. I'm sure, for example, let's say Jesus or the Buddha, almost every, I mean, everybody in this room has more knowledge than the Buddha or Jesus had on the level of knowledge. So it's not to do with knowledge, it's to do with presence. So if you are present and completely aligned with the present moment, you are the master. The moment you lose the present moment, you're no longer the master. <laughs> and then you'll be looking for the master yourself. And back into the now. So the only difference between you and the great spiritual master under whatever guise is degree of presence. It's not knowledge or anything like that. Degree of presence. Are you aligned with the present moment? Do you walk the, the narrow path of now? and you're the master, and the personality becomes unimportant. Just, it's just enough personality to serve as a vehicle so that you can speak and think as a, you just, you pretend you're still somebody and that's fine for the time being, but something else speaks through you, something else acts through you, and that's the master, that's the consciousness. So right now, at this moment, everybody in this room is the Zen master. And so that's where the expression comes from, this is it. Now, whether you're still the master when you leave here, it's a different matter. Only you can know, it'll still be the present moment. But the question, but can I sustain it and all that, is just thought stuff. Just be responsible for this moment, that's all. Take responsibility for your state of consciousness at this moment. That's all easy. Let's have just a moment of pure presence before we finish. This is it. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.